0: This is Mouth Media Network, the business of
1: being heard. As 2019 comes to a close, we're proud to be close to celebrating five years and more than 300 episodes of Fashion is Your Business. In 2020, we'll have all new, exciting episodes that offer everything you've loved about the show over the years. Some conversations are timeless as relevant today as they were when they first occurred. Throughout December, we'll continue giving you a chance to listen again, or maybe the first time to some of the standout, timeless conversations we've had over the last five years. One of the most intriguing guests we've ever had on the show was Borns, a.k.a. rising indie recording artist and fashion darling Garrett Borns. He joined me, Rob Sanchez, and guest host, Julia McAllister, in an early episode, number 83, and revealed the genesis of his creative life from Michigan roots and artistic upbringings, how he connected with the fashion world, the creative collaboration on music videos and wardrobe, how a Gucci shirt that he wore on Jimmy Fallon led to a creative partnership, and how what you wear is what the audience hears. The way Bournes dresses on stage is the same way he makes music. Borrowing versus creating something original. Vintage shops and the influence of David Bowie in fashion and music. And in a lightning round of off-the-grid questions, Bournes attempts a magic trick. And we learn about his first instrument. Jazzy and provocative bubble baths and naps. It's a truly original and memorable episode that even features some of Bourne's own music. We hope you'll enjoy it.
0: You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Recorded on location.
2: Hey, this is Bourne's. And what I love about fashion is, well, I'm inspired by many generations, uh, mostly my five-year-old self and uh, also my, my grandmother's floral prints. I get pretty imaginative and uh, I'll wear pretty much anything. <laughs>
1: The fashion is your business, everybody. So glad you're with us. I'm one of your hosts, Mark raco and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Rob Sanchez. Hey, y'all. Hey, Rob. And we're joined by the lovely and... Uh, uh, I would say uh, a properly talented Ms. Julie McAllister, our guest host for the day. Julie McAllister, of course, the co-founder of PreLine. Hi, Julia.
3: Hey, everyone.
1: <laughs> so nice to see you again. Great. And uh, and today, uh, along with his considerable entourage, we are joined by uh, the, the really very, very cool recording artist, borns or garrett borns his his real name but he's well known as borns a really rising pop star and he's here in the studio with us and you're going to find out why in just a minute hey borns hey how's it going thanks for having me yeah really really happy to have you uh so cool that you're here with us and uh and welcome to everybody else that's here with us all of his uh people his pr people and label people and and marketing people and friends and uh, i don't even know all, all the people <laughs> all, I mean, all the people are here. So, uh, so, uh, just a couple quick pieces of housekeeping to get out of the way. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody, please follow us on social media at Fashion Biz Show. That's fashion B I Z Show. And by the way, you can also follow Borns uh, at Borns Music on twitter and i assume all of the other social media outlets there and uh we'd love you to follow both of us and uh and have a conversation with us and, uh, and see what we can uh, what, what kind of mess we can we can make it that. so uh and of course follow us on our own website at fashionisyourbusiness.com. you can find all of our old and uh, current episodes uh, on our website and itunes and stitcher and if you happen to pop by one of those uh iTunes or Stitcher thingies, you can you know, give us a little five-star rating or something like that. That that always makes our day. All right. So uh, to the interview, I'd uh, like to start out this way, borns uh, Why don't you give us a quick uh, Reader's Digest a thumbnail sketch of, of who you are and, and also kind of what has connected you to the fashion industry?
2: Hmm. Thumbnail sketch. Uh, let's see. Uh, I am a, a Michigan boy, um, okay. born and raised. Yeah. Uh, uh right on Lake Michigan actually on the like the west coast of the lower Peninsula um so grew up climbing a lot of trees playing in the water sailing that kind of stuff um, and uh in a fairly artistic household uh, my dad is a, a really amazing painter and um and my folks played a lot of records growing up I had a piano that I you know just kind of took took to uh a lot of writing just random songs mostly just making silly just parody songs but uh but somehow that turned to me uh traveling and uh becoming a uh recording artist for a living um which is i've always had different artistic endeavors you know i always wanted to make um Support myself in an interesting fashion. So yeah.
1: And speaking of fashion, how so, did you how did you uh, see what I did with that segue there? I like that. Thank you. Yeah. How, how did how, how did you end up connecting with the fashion world in any way, getting getting kind of barrier? ear?
2: Yeah, connecting the fashion world. Uh, it kind of um, it happened just kind of with my my own fascination, um, just kind of dabbling and uh, just wearing strange things, (laughs) costumes. I had a growing up. I actually had this, um, my basement. I had a, like a dress up room, Mm -hmm. um, me and my sister and we collected like secondhand costumes. Um, and we always made our own costumes for Halloween and, and, uh, that is cool. Yeah. For me, I felt like Halloween was like every day of the year. I just kind of wore silly things around, um, I was always kind of in a character, I suppose, as a young, a young child and wearing my sister's clothes too. I wasn't really too afraid of wearing anything really. Yeah. So, um, and then to, uh, I guess now being a musician and, and performing on stage, I feel like fashion has a, uh, just what you wear is very much what you hear, um, or what the audience hears. I think so much of what you're seeing is, um, is affecting how you're hearing the music. That's so true. You think you know? about
1: like body language, how, how much that means to understanding what someone has to say in the inflection. So right. clearly what you wear is in the show that you put on is going to have a lot to do with how people, right. The total experience of your music. Otherwise people would just sit on a stage in a, Bare stool with a white background and play their songs and
2: right, which is also a aesthetic. It's yeah. nice, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that works too. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: My
4: favorite concert was actually that. So it was um, James Taylor playing mm. every single guitar he ever owned no and way. telling you what songs that he wrote on it. Oh wow! And just sitting on a stool, wow. nothing else but guitars and him. So, mm. Yeah, sometimes it's yeah, cool. that's cool.
2: Yeah. yeah, I like simplicity, you know, yeah. and design and. Songwriting and fashion, I I feel like the way I dress on stage or just in photos is kind of how I make music as well. Kind of just take different pieces, borrow things. I like to borrow instruments as well (coughs) um, because I feel like there's kind of an energy in borrowing an instrument rather than like buying it brand new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it just kind of has different songs in it waiting, waiting for you to kind of pull them out. Um, so I like borrowing clothes too. Um, I lived with, uh, had a roommate, um, a really talented singer songwriter named Zella Day and she has a really amazing style. And, uh, so sometimes we (laughs) traded clothes, which meant me like wearing her clothes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I think artistic it. expression yeah exactly yeah
3: so it's interesting you say that you borrow some of your fashions but I find both your music and your fashion sense to be very original mm. and I'm wondering where you find your inspiration because I do think that in uh, sometimes fashion and music can seem quite saturated and producing something original um, seems to be very unique and hard to find and I think that's what's so special about both your fashion and your music sense so how do you incorporate borrowing from others, but also producing something original of your own? Um,
2: That's a very good question. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, um, I'm really drawn to like vintage shops, you know, and um, just finding kind of that one piece, that one like little thing to add to your wardrobe. I like adding things in like slow portions um, just like a little, like a dash of a, of a, uh, ingredient or something, you know. I don't really think too much about it. I definitely am influenced by um, performers that uh, don't really are are, are pretty um, fearless with their style, like Mark Bolin and Bowie, just kind of like the glam rock era, you know. Um, and uh, I feel like a lot of that. A lot of the, I feel like Bowie was such a pioneer of, of, um, so many things in fashion that you still see today, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. haircuts and even just, yeah, just style in general. It's just like, I feel like he kind of laid the foundation for so many different kinds of, uh, unique fashion. So yeah, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I, I really don't think too much about it. I just kind of know what I like, I guess. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do, do you have any aspirations at some point in your career? Have you ever thought about, with your interest in fashion, creating your own fashion line? And the reason I'm so interested in that question is because so much of your fashion and even tastes and music have to do with using what others have made and mm-hmm. then make repurposing it for your own recipe. Right. So. I'm interested whether even having a fashion line, which gives you a chance to put your fashion stamp on things, Mm
5: -hmm.
1: we kind of go against your taste in fashion.
2: Uh, Yeah, that's not really something that I've thought about. Um, uh, I don't know. I I like making things that are kind of unique and kind of um, unreplicatable. When I was in like – um, middle school, uh, there was like this trend right when like ripped jeans were kind of a thing, <laughs> yeah. like sp- bleach splattered jeans are like covered in paint and ripped. Like people used to give me their jeans and I would like destroy them for them, <laughs> drag them behind, like tie them up to my bike and ride them around the neighborhood and like splatter them bleach and, and, uh, just make like a unique pair of jeans. For them, um, I kind of like that, um, what is that called, couture? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty, to be honest, I'm, like, really new to the whole fashion world. Like, um, it's really intriguing to me, but I've never, it was only this year that I started going to fashion shows, and so it was kind of intimidated me, you know. Uh, and I feel like I don't really know anything about fashion. I just kind of just put some things together. And I've been working with some, uh, some good friends, some really talented stylists that, uh, that I'm like, yeah, like give me some glittery, like sequenced things or like something like my grandma would wear. Yeah. And they're like, totally, I get it. And, um, <laughs> have taught me a lot about fashion too. It's about what's, what's kind of
4: like in or whatever. I'm kind of wondering what your grandma would wear. So, uh, <laughs> like there's a wide range of grandmas out there. Oh, I for sure.
2: But like, it's kind of crazy. Like if you look at what's hip for like young men, fashion wise, a lot of it's, a lot of it could, is pretty synonymous with like grandma wear, like big sunglasses, <laughs> like f- long kind of fro hair, yeah. <laughs> um, like floral shirts, kind of like blousey shirts, you know, high-waisted pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, <what? laughs> um, so yeah, go to the, go to your grandma's closet. Or, like, go to to your grandma's attic and she probably has some gems,
1: you know? (laughs) I know. You know, and I love, especially with people who are in the public eye like yourself, when you decide you're going to wear something, you put on grandma's shirt and people go... Wow, that's radical, man. I
5: love that. (laughs) Start
1: doing that. You know, yeah, that's all fashion. Look, you say, I don't know. I'm I'm just learning about fashion and fashion shows and stuff. And I'm I'm like, who's born with that knowledge? We, we accumulate it over time and you're, you're, you're you're starting to purposefully accumulate it in a way Mm -hmm. by going to shows and stuff. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how that influences your own professional styling for yourself. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Fashion is just what you can wear with a straight face, right? Uh, yeah, 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 I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. Well said. Uh, so we're going to take this moment and just kind of, uh, toss the mic over to Rob for,
0: and now the fashion vest investment news.
4: All right. So, um, it's interesting that you already brought up David Bowie. I wanted to talk a little bit about an article that just came out. Um, so obviously uh, David Bowie has passed fairly recently and in uh, John Galliano's Spring 2016 show in Paris he just had um he basically did a tribute to to Bowie on the catwalk. So he added uh the makeup and styles from the uh, Ziggy Stardust era and uh, Aladdin Sane mm-hmm. era. So um He brought together these amazing graphics, amazing images, and amazing looks that are very iconic from David Bowie's uh, range of looks, I guess, Mm -hmm. and um, brought them into his show as a way of both paying tribute and then also showing the relevance of of that. So I thought that it was interesting to kind of – let's touch back on that a little bit. And that's one of those great instances of – And and insane musical talent crossing with just beautiful, beautiful style and looks Mm -hmm. um, in a way that's still relevant today. So um, I was wondering what your thoughts are um, both on Bowie and then also a little bit on this, I guess, um, this look back that's happening inside of fashion Mm -hmm. as well as where you see this kind of crossover going between um, the music world and the fashion world.
2: Bowie is one of those artists that I feel like throughout his whole career, I don't think he ever put out an album that wasn't relevant of the time, but also kind of pushing the boundaries of the time and, um, and, uh, just saying exactly what he wants to say and (laughs) and really not caring at all. Um, uh, or maybe it's because he he cares, he cares a lot and, and wants to get his, his point across, you know? Um, and, uh, and also someone that you can see throughout the years has taken so many different transformations, you know? Um, and he, he's been like the, like the thin white Duke (laughs) in the suit, you know, and really suave and like masculine. And then like literally worn like a, a gown on one of his album covers, but somehow makes it, still masculine in a weird way it's it's bowie yeah um my grandma would wear that (laughs) yeah exactly that's definitely from grandma's closet uh so bowie um yeah he i mean he represents so many different kind of kinds of things um uh musically and uh just as a uh as a performer um Mm -hmm. So I take a lot of inspiration from him just because he's fearless in that mm-hmm. way. Um, and let's see, Ziggy Stardust—that album—was um, really uh, close to me when I moved to California like three years ago. Um, I I moved into this guest house, um, kind of up in the hills, and um, kind of the secret little pocket of LA. Um, and these hills are like really just beautiful and lush and fruit trees. And it's, it was actually one of the first places that, um, Yogananda went in like the twenties and made this self-realization fellowship Mm -hmm. at the top of the Canyon. And it's still up there. Um, there's like these meditation gardens and like this really beautiful old, hotel that like monks still live in. And, uh, and so there's just kind of like this very meditative, uh, quality about this place I lived. And I moved into this guest house, uh, with this, um, this family, um, art loving, uh, I showed them my music and I was like, Hey, I'm looking for a place to stay for like a month. And they were like, absolutely. welcomed me. in. And they always had interesting pool parties with like their artist friends and they loved Bowie so much. Their kids were named after Bowie, (laughs) um, and, uh, or Bowie albums. Um, and, uh, and they just kind of like took me in and, and, and believed in my music and, supported me um artistically and just gave me a really beautiful environment to live in and create in and uh and Ziggy Stardust was always playing on the speakers outside. I felt like <laughs> I woke up to that album and fell asleep to it. And uh and that was kind of while I was uh kind of discovering this new sound um, mm-hmm. and uh creating under the moniker of just Borns. I've I used to just go by Garrett Borns, so it, Borns was the kind of rebirth, if you will. No. <laughs> um, and uh, and so, yeah, that's when I was really um, getting into the different collections of
1: Bowie's archives. It's, it's interesting. The music of yours that I've heard so far, I, I have to say, hearing you say that, I can hear kind of a little influence in there mm. just in terms of some of the dreamy quality of things Mm -hmm. and the layering of the sounds. And I I could, I could see how there could be influence.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a melodic lyrical genius. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: All right. We're going to do a deep dive into uh, you and your music. And again, you're a little further on your connection with fashion in a minute, but uh, we're going to, before we go to break, we're going to take a moment for one of my favorite parts of the show. And that is. It's time to Feed the Animals. That's right. Feed the Animals, uh, where we (laughs) have a chance to break bread with our guests who are kind enough to bring a snack in. And uh, um, you did bring a snack in. I brought a snack. Okay, Uh, So um, kind enough to bring a snack in and and, uh, break bread with us. And uh, that's a great chance to do. So uh, uh, what have you been kind enough to bring? I love when a, uh, you know, recording artist, pop star kind of comes by a little snack.
2: Hey, yeah. (laughs) Um, Snack time. Brought polka dot napkins. Polka dot. Nice. Look at that. (laughs) Very fashionable. Um, yes, house. Polka dot napkins are very in. <laughs> you know, I think from your new home. They're vintage. <laughs> I, I think you gently made, used in
1: in eighty some odd shows. I really think you're the first person that gave particular thought to the napkins that mm. they brought. So yeah. that's really great.
2: um you know, just I just want them you to be... You only brought napkins? I want them saying? to be an accessory. It's yeah. fiber.
1: It's a good fiber. <laughs> it is
2: gluten-free. <laughs> it's gluten-free. It's a nice uh, accessory. As you said, because
4: it's gently used, it does have a little subtle flavor to it. Right, so, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, uh,
1: yeah. Like currency? Like money? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Um, these, are, uh, these actually uh-huh. are gluten-free cupcakes. Um, nice. And That's And they're awesome. uh, from Aaron McKenna's. Wow, very um, thoughtful. Bakery. Yeah, yeah um, really there's a few, different, a few <laughs> different flavors in here. Wow, I'm impressed. And this lovely packaging.
4: Uh, yeah, us see. Awesome. Feels like boxes should be easy to get into.
2: Nice, Not yeah, I know. Right? I you want help with that? It's like opening a CD, too. It's like, why is it so
1: hard to open <laughs> Music. Like a, oh, here we go. Oh, voila! Nice. Oh, Ooh, wow. we are. Nice. Very good. <laughs> um. Thank so you. Awesome. That's oh my gosh. Yeah. Good enough for everybody. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, Us absolutely. and all the people. <laughs> so, Passy, right, thank, you. thank you. Nice. Very nice. That's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Take a picture of that. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, well, oh, that's great. So all right. So wow. what we're gonna do is okay. we're gonna munch on our. Uh, amazing-looking cupcakes, gluten-free cupcakes. There you go. Uh, brought to yeah. you by <laughs> yeah. Bourne's. And I'm going to pass them down to all the peoples so they can share in them as well. And uh, oh, yeah. sure. and what we'll do is we'll enjoy our cupcakes and reflect on them when we come back from our break. And what we're going to do is uh, go into a break and we're going to play uh, one of Bourne's uh, great songs, which is called Electric Love. And uh, how, how old is this song? How, is this a new, a new tune for you?
2: Um. Let's see this song probably about a, actually about a year old. now, yeah. All
1: right, so let's listen to the, uh, the great music of Bourne's uh, Electric love and we'll be back with more on fashion issue business right after this. Don't go anywhere. Do you love great interviews with a lot of heart? Do you like good stories? Do you like to hear about life? Well, good news, because if you listen to a show called Funny People Talking, all of that happens. Right, Danielle?
3: All of it happens. Every single thing you said on that list and more.
1: Elsie, does any of it not happen? It all happens.
3: Come on, Elsie. It really happened.
1: Okay. Well, you should join us on Funny People Talking on Mouth Media Network. You can find us anywhere. You can find a great podcast. And I know it's true because these people loved it. Only for a short time while they were listening to the show, Then Life Sucked. Listen to Funny People Talking. everybody, welcome back to Fashion Is Your Business. Uh, You were just listening to the song Electric Love by the recording artist Bourns, who, oh, I don't know, happens to be in studio with us at the moment. We're interviewing him, and uh, thanks again for the cupcakes. Uh, I'm eating a chocolate upon chocolate cupcake, so. Double double trouble
2: there. Yeah, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This one is pumpkin? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's spicy. It's very good. All right, so um, let's start out with this. What brings you to New York, my friend?
2: Uh, New York. Well, um, I thought you guys needed some sunshine, so I just brought True. brought a little warmth from the West Coast over, just to you know. Yeah, we noticed thaw the snowdrifts, <laughs> and uh, you're welcome.
1: Yeah, that was really kind of you. Yeah, thank
2: you. Yeah,
4: that and us. Right, those were the only two reasons. And
2: you guys, yeah, had to yeah, deliver perfect. some cupcakes, yeah. played played some music, played some shows. Yeah. yeah. So Where did you play? It's going to be back in New York. Uh, the Fordham College. We played a um, yes. We played a uh, college <laughs> show there, and um, and then I did a show at Rough Trade, like a um, acoustic show.
1: Fun, yeah, fun. That's cool. And what, what's next? What's kind of on your agenda coming up?
2: Um, coming up, uh, playing a couple more shows. Um, couple more college shows and heading back to LA and getting in the studio for a week, um, just to get some ideas down before I head out to Europe for, um, tour. So heading out, um, I'm going on tour for like three weeks with Halsey. Wow. Um, who's a really amazing singer. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're playing some, very cool theaters in Europe, so,
1: yeah. And do you have a new album now, or one in the works?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, I have an album called Dopamine. It came out in October. Great. And uh, I've been touring on that, so playing all that material.
1: Now, do you have do you record a, a music video for every song on an album now, or you just do choice singles, or how does that work at this point?
2: Yeah, um, I recorded a music video for the two singles off the album um, or two music videos for the two singles. Um, one for Electric Love, which we shot in the hills in LA kind of in the sort of uh, enchanted forest theme with dancing celestial cheerleaders. The whole works. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, and then I shot one for Emerald Pools in a pool with lots of glitter. So that was... Fun. That was in in and my weird. hair for. It still is. It's still in my hair. I think I ingested oh a good amount gosh, of glitter. Yeah. yeah. Constantly sparkling. It's constantly. <laughs> yes. Inside <I'm laughs> and out.
1: When you shoot a music video, you personally, uh, especially given your own input into your style,
5: mm-hmm.
1: do you have input creatively into the music videos? And how does your style get, uh, it, you know, it put into the. It become a part of the music video? Uh, feel.
2: Yeah. um, The two music videos I did for those songs were a collaborative effort. Um, So, um, so yeah, I put my two cents in with kind of how I I visualize it, both um, just how, what I'm wearing and how it looks and and post production. But uh, I recently filmed an acoustic series, I guess you can call it, um, with a string quartet. So I had oh, wow. three of my songs scored for strings and uh, and filmed this video kind of in the style of the old Playboy After Dark videos uh, where Hugh Hefner had like, you know, some people up for cocktails to his penthouse and had like bands in the 70s like Deep Purple or mm-hmm. the Grateful Dead playing songs <laughs> and uh, everyone just sipping as cocktails and yeah. as you do. Yeah. And um schmoozing uh so i i uh filmed this series in a in a uh, similar aesthetic um velvety low-lit kind of like uh you know a nice haze floating around um and uh, i um put out a one of the videos for electric love um and so that one's out right now but the other ones are going to kind of trickle out but but yeah um that was uh i i wrote the the treatment for that video so that was the first one that i i wrote the whole treatment for so yeah
1: how did you end up connecting to the fashion industry in the first place how did that even come because that's part of what we've learned about you is yes you're a recording artist you're a musician you're an artist in general um, and you have your own sense of style uh, that's gotten some attention but you've also Kind of made a friend of the fashion industry. How did that even start?
2: Um, through friends that are stylists. Um, I uh, I wore this uh, Gucci um, shirt and uh, for a late night performance, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, my my stylist cat was uh, she was trying to get me into. Gucci for a while and just been talking to them. And so they, um, they, they gave me a shirt and a belt for a Fallon performance. And, and then, uh, the company kind of got one of that performance and, um, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon's. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then, yeah.
1: Um, I love by the way, how that was just like a you know, Fallon performance. I mean, that's yeah. kind of a big,
2: difference. yeah, no, that was yeah. a definite like milestone for me. Big time. Um, and that was like the day the album came out, so it was like a oh, yeah. definitely a big, big day. Um, G- Gucci liked the um, the idea of a partnership, uh, you know, um, with my music and the the inspirations that I draw from the eras um, are I, I think are similar to uh, the new creative director for Gucci, it was Alessandro Michele, and uh, he's a amazing visionary, um, and everything that he's doing to the line right now is completely mm-hmm. like changed it. And he's also gone back in the archives, which I really like, mm-hmm. like really old Gucci Yeah. and like taking out like different animals that were uh, incorporated in some of the designs and also sure. attaching like, um, meaning just like spiritually like spirit mm-hmm. animals to yeah. the, mm-hmm. to the new, the new line and, uh, being inspired by sixties and seventies. And yeah. yeah. So, uh, So I feel like it just kind of made sense
4: Mm -hmm. for us to work together. So, and now you were in Rebecca Minkoff's show, um, music Mm -hmm. and, uh, what was that experience like right now? They're kind of the cutting edge for a lot of the fashion tech side. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering what your experience was like and how you kind of fit into what they were doing. Um, yeah, it was a similar thing. Um,
2: her line, Uh, when I performed at her, at her show was, uh, inspired by kind of like seventies rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, so, um, I played two songs at her, at her show for when, um, the models are walking on the runway. Mm Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, uh, I just, I think it just kind of fit just, Mm -hmm. um, inspiration wise. Uh, yeah.
3: How do you make sure that the brands you are working with are a fit now that you probably have a lot of fashion brands reaching out to you, mm-hmm. asking to work with you? How do you make sure that your aesthetic is aligned with the brands that you are working with? Uh,
2: I guess, um, if it's something that I would wear <laughs> or, yeah. um, or I could picture myself, you know, or I would I would dress my band and I have, uh, there's two girls and two guys in my band. So, um, uh, I feel like we all kind of, um, I get them wearing interesting uh-huh. things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Um, I guess if it just matches my style.
1: How, how, how much of their style is their style versus trying to connect with your style? Um, Particularly when you're playing, obviously,
2: right? I mean, most of it's uh, clothes that I, I have my stylist pick out. Um, so, like jumpsuits, um, that that sort of stuff. I <laughs> um, uh, have too many jumpsuits. Kind of like astronaut wear. <laughs> Fashionable astronaut stuff is good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you wear Rebecca Minkoff? Anyway? <laughs> uh, I wear. Um, I've I've worn Yuri's uh, yeah. shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he makes some really nice yeah. leather kicks. He
3: makes some yeah. really nice kicks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, I'm going to start referring to you as the fashionable astronaut from now on, by the way. Great. I like that. That's a good good album name. By the way that's mm. uh, <laughs> you also can feel free to ignore Mark. Right. thanks Rob yep
2: mm-hmm. the fashionable uh, astronaut I like that <laughs> yeah
1: sure so, uh, speaking of fashionable I've noticed the ring on your finger that you've been playing with while oh, we've been talking and it's right. uh, what is that is it a lion's head or a skull or what the, is
2: that uh, yes it's a lion's head um, this is one of Alessandro's creations um, you know spirit animal Uh hmm. yeah guess so um definitely a a very fierce look on his face
1: (laughs) so in your connection with the fashion industry what kind of doors do you feel that's open for you at this point either musically or just creatively in general
2: i never really considered myself much of a uh, fashionista or anything i just kind of wore things because it was fun but uh but it's It's interesting to be kind of a part of the, um, the fashion world now or just kind of, I'm, I feel like I'm just breaking into it. I really, I know nothing about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I find it very fascinating and, um, and it's great to be working with, um, people that are just very, uh, inspiring, pleasant people like Alessandro is like one of the nicest people I've ever Mm -hmm. met. So, um, it's nice that he's kind of welcomed me with open arms to his line and, and, uh, and and feels like I inspire his uh, or I inspire him or um, I guess I'm a muse of some sort. So it's, um, it's, yeah,
4: it's very humbling.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: So I'm, I'm kind of wondering about your experience of performing. You performed live at Rebecca Minkoff, is that? Mm-hmm. Um, what I both love and am very interested in inside of the fashion industry is how short, the, um, the presentations are of the clothes compared with how much work goes into them. Right. And so I'm, I'm wondering what it was like for you to perform in a, in basically a, uh, I guess it's, is basically a, a form of expression that's so fleeting, but so intense and so produced. And, um, <laughs> how, <laughs> Dude, how does man. that compare to, to kind of what you do when you're on stage for yourself?
2: I, uh, I think it's very similar. I think music is, is one of the most fleeting things you could do as an art form because it's very ephemeral. It just kind of lasts in the moment, you know? It's something that you just make a sound and it floats away, <laughs> evaporates. So, like when um, I'm making a point. Yeah. Well, um, I think there's a lot of similarities just to making an album, you know? All the painstaking um, edits and... Um, vocal takes and trying things and layering things and being inspired by new stuff and old stuff and, um, just trying to make an, an album's worth of music fit together too. You know, it's like, it's like making a whole line of clothing. So, um... I feel for them. <laughs> I know like what the yeah. I know what they go through. And wow. the weird yeah. thing
1: is, is is similarly to some aspects of fashion or certainly fashion technology anyway, the, the, the assembling of things, and similar to putting songs and an album together, mm-hmm. some of the beauty is in not knowing it's there. Mm. not knowing the work that went into that moment because it just is the moment and you don't realize everything that created that. That's the beauty.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the presentation. And it can last for, like you said, like a matter of minutes where it took so much time to create. So, yeah, such is life.
1: (laughs) Do you you recall uh, from a music standpoint um, perhaps one of the more painful creative decisions that you've had to make? Hmm. Painful creative decisions. I know I put you on the spot.
2: No, I mean, there's, I, I feel like they happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just even making my album, I, I, I only had a few months to make it because I was on the road. Um, and it, there was a lot of decisions that had to be made pretty quickly. You know, mm-hmm. um, I didn't really have any time to second guess anything or re-record much. So kind of had to just get everything recorded and then hit the road again. And I was approving mixes and on the road. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of things that you kind of have to, uh, just be like, well, it is what it is.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> that brings up uh, another question, uh, that I had net is what's it been like for you as someone who's come into the spotlight and come into the business part of the music business, mm-hmm. but from the perspective of a real artist, and then having to hand over a certain amount of those decisions to uh, handlers or business partners or publicists or whatever it may be, and you start to lose your grip on some of the shaping of that artistry, uh, where where do you embrace the opportunity and at the same time uh, fret at the loss of artistic control? Uh. Well,
2: I feel like whenever I made a decision that has to do with the business side of music, I really wanted it to be a mutual understanding of the creative side and Mm. that I want to have all control. (laughs) Um, I make all my own creative decisions and... uh, and I recorded this EP of music before um, I was even talking to labels and I wanted them to be, you you know, in love with it and not want to change a thing about it. And um, luckily I found uh, a label that has trusted my artistic decisions.
1: What label is that, by the way?
2: Interscope, yeah. Um, And uh, and also a management
4: team that believes in me and... um, uh although they did make the mistake of putting you on the show. So good <laughs> yeah. <Couldn't> move everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, I'm pretty um pre- I'm pretty picky about how I present myself. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
3: So in that way, when you are presenting yourself, I think it's, it's similar in the fashion industry as well. And with fashion shows and everything, you put something out there. It is a bit ephemeral, um, but it can be perceived in a different way than you may have intended. Have you ever experienced that where you put something out there and the way that it was perceived by the audience is a bit different than you had intended?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what do you love about that? all like anything artistic that you put out in the world you are kind of just being like all right here it is misunderstand it or like you know what i mean <laughs>
5: yeah
2: like everyone's going to take it differently everyone has their different mm-hmm. influences and things that they listen to or um yeah i i really like it actually i love people's interpretations of my music or um there i'm always reading um lyrics online that are Definitely not what I wrote, you know, (laughs) but I think are so beautiful and I like almost want to like change it, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I like, I like people's interpretations of, of my music. Um, Like in Electric Love, there's this line that goes, you're like lightning in a bottle. I can't let you go now that I got it. And a lot of people were saying, I can't let you go down to the garden And I was like, ooh, I like that. That's a whole other meaning. Yeah. (laughs) What's in this garden? What's this secret garden about? (laughs) Hmm. I want to go there.
1: (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So uh, I'm interested, uh, Burns, about – you mentioned about style choices and how that's an extension of the song in a way. Your your, your wardrobe that Mm -hmm. you're wearing when you perform is – Part of the expression of the music. Mm-hmm. It adds to that experience. How much do you choose wardrobe to specifically, I don't want to say manipulate, but let's say accentuate or augment the musical experience in a specific way? So you say, okay, here's the song, here's what it's about, here's what his vibe is. I'm gonna wear this uh piece of wardrobe because it will mean this with the song. Mm. Um is that part of your thought process? And, and how do you come to that? Or is it really just more, here's the impression I want to make at this moment. And so that's what I'm going to wear.
2: Yeah, I, I wear a lot of different things on the road. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I haven't really got I haven't really gotten to an, an elaborate point. in the um, performance where I can do like costume changes. So I try to gotcha. wear something that can encompass yeah. <laughs> the whole show.
1: Now you, you, you did wear something one time that was, uh, uh, and f- I may have this wrong, but uh, because of my incredible research uh-huh. is, uh, something about, uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was a shirt or a coat with lights in it. Lights in it. Did, um, did you, it might've been reflective. Reflective. Yeah. Yeah. Sequence. Sequence.
2: Probably. Of some <laughs> sort. Well, it
1: yeah. because I thought it was electrical.
2: Ah, there you go. <laughs> so,
5: um,
2: yeah, I think it was probably sequence, something reflective, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I'm going
4: to kind of abruptly shift a little bit because I'm, I'm. there's a question I've been kind of kicking around in my head for a while now. Better be is, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't kick yourself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm kind of wondering what it's like to be in an ind- industry that's being disrupted by technology. Um, I, like right now, fashion shows are, are shifting a little bit where they used to be designed to um, to work for buyers. Yeah. So buyers would know what they wanted to, to purchase for the next runway and mm. or for the line to carry in the stores and so on. And now they're shifting more towards audience participation and marketing and, and so on. Mm.
5: Um,
4: and there's a lot of disruption in the industry as a result. Um, this is the first fashion week where, um, the, the large trade show out in Vegas is actually scheduled over the top of New York Fashion Week for the first time ever. Mm. Um, so now there's this, where do we go and what do we do? And so I'm kind of wondering, it feels like music also has been going through this inflection point where the way we consume it is changing. The way we present it is changing. The role of the tour is different now than it was maybe before and so on. And I'm wondering what it's like to navigate that as an artist right now and, and kind of what you're seeing in your industry and maybe parallels you could draw.
2: Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to try to gauge how people are responding to your music just from social media, you know, like people can, people can say they love it or you can, you can get a kind of an instant reaction to your music all over the world, which is pretty amazing. Um, but, uh, it doesn't seem real to me until I am actually in a room like singing to people, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're, they're singing back to me or like the music is actually resonating through them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, as much as I think, um, there is a broader awareness of your music instantly. I think that's a really beautiful thing of social media and, mm-hmm. and putting music on the internet. Um, uh, but still there's nothing like, uh, live performance being in the room, you know,
1: I totally get it. I- I'm also an actor. And yeah. one, one of the questions I was asked in an interview is what do you love most about acting? In this particular case, it was stage acting. And, mm-hmm. and, and I want to share this with you cause I think you'll identify with yeah. it. And I think what I said was something along the lines of There are very few feelings in the world like working for weeks or months to develop the perfect moment where you're able to execute it and create an involuntary emotional reaction from hundreds or thousands of people at the same time without them realizing that you're completely manipulating them (laughs) and delivering it like it's nothing, but it was all planned. Mm. And, And yet. As you do it, it's the easiest and most beautiful thing in the world. Hmm. And that moment is a perfect moment. It's like hitting a baseball the, perfectly or hitting a, a golf ball perfectly. That sweet spot and that moment when it all comes together. And I imagine when you're on stage and you deliver a song and everything is going perfectly perfectly in the way that the musicians are executing and you're in good voice yeah, and you're having a good performance and a good day. And then the audience connects with you and sings with you. And you say, this is what it was all about this yeah. moment.
2: Um, yeah, there, there's moments where I feel like, uh, I feel like that's, that's happening and the stars kind of align in a show. Yeah, but There's also moments where I feel completely out of control. And I think that I have uh, I am like have, have no control of like the what the point I'm trying to get across or maybe I'm trying to like replicate something that I did the night before because yeah. I thought it like went <laughs> great and that and and that particular moment uh, that that's <laughs> show but it's always like it's always the things that um, you're not expecting that really um, resonate with people you know um, I, I feel like, uh, it's almost like when I'm sleep deprived, that's when I do my best shows, (laughs) you know, being in the, being on the road for like hours and hours and hours and and have to like go to sound check and then play a show for people. And, uh, that's when I'm least in control.
4: It's when the little you doesn't show up, but the big you does. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, yeah, no, Totally. Where the devil on your shoulders singing? Along.
5: Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you know, I think in art and a lot of things, people do better when they're not trying, when they just let yeah. it happen, because it's in them. You mm-hmm. have the talent. That's right. why you're here at the level in the business that you are, because you have the talent. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not being synthesized like a, a Britney Spears or someone else. You're 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 delivering because it's in you, and when you just let it go and you're not trying too hard, it's just going to come through.
2: Yeah, I like to keep it element of spontaneity in the yeah. the music, authentic, the performance. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's not to say I, I won't have pyrotechnics someday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, well, what would you like to do with the show and every every aspect of it, whether it's it's production, whether it's fashion, wardrobe, whether it's uh, you know instrumentation? If you if you right now money was unlimited. And you, you, you had complete creative control from end to end and you just say, here's what's going to happen. Orchestra, this, that, mm. you know, uh, Mormon tablonecker choir singing in the background, whatever it is. Right. What, what would be the most ultimate, beautiful, I never have to play another show after this moment.
2: <sighs> Ooh, I wouldn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no,
1: but once you do that, you'd be able to play any show you want. That's mm. the
2: key. Uh, yeah. Um. I don't know. I never really let money be an influence to, and I know that wasn't the que- that wasn't your intention, but, no, but that's okay. um, I, I don't think if I had an endless amount of money that I'd be able to make a better show. <laughs> to be honest, I think it's really all about like the, the music. I, I learned a lot about, um, the simplicity of it, of a show, um, this past year because, uh, we've been on, um, we've just been traveling in a van and, yeah. uh, and have a, just a few outfits and um and we really just focused on the performance and yeah. being really tight as musicians and um and to be able to play to a full theater of people and like resonate just as much as like a full on produced yeah. show yeah. i think is um the most important thing um so i don't know maybe
4: a couple new outfits so I'm hearing a uh, flyover by F-14. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: yeah. Exactly. yeah.
3: <laughs> Have you ever well, felt like any venue is too big where you almost lose that authentic feel of connecting with the audience?
2: Uh, not really. Um, I feel like I'm a big fan of natural reverb. So I like, I like singing in like a large (laughs) cavernous (laughs) place. Um, Yeah, I like, I like big
1: shows. All right, speaking of big shows, we're going to play a big song right now as we go into our final break, and we'll come back with our last and uh, lightning segment of off the grid questions. But this right here is another song by Borns called 10,000 Emerald Pools. Don't go anywhere, listen to this great music. We'll go to break, and we'll come back with more with recording artist Borns right after this.
6: Hi, I'm John Matson. I'm one of the hosts of Travel is Your Business. And if you're interested in what's going on behind the scenes within the travel industry, you have to check out this show. We cover everything from the aviation industry to hospitality, hotels, and accommodations, even in-destination and touristic experiences. If you work within the travel industry, this is an important resource for you. You'll hear from not only executives and leaders within the industry, but also New innovations and technologies that are coming to market right now. And if you're not in the travel industry, you're going to gain insights that help you connect with a traveler and their experience to advance your career. So come along for the ride. You can listen and subscribe to Travel is Your Business wherever the best podcasts are found.
1: Welcome back to Fashion is Your Business. And this is our final segment. We're going to play a lightning round of off the grid questions. That's where we uh, sit with our guest and we ask questions that are, well, you know, off the grid.
4: It's Time for questions off the grid with fashion is your
1: business. Neither of us, uh, none of us knows what we're going to say, we don't know what the other co host is going to ask, and so we're going to spin the wheel of question destiny right now beep, 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 beep. And it's a Julia, <laughs> Julia,
5: always the oh, first, always, always <laughs> the first.
2: So, uh, sweet Ju- Julia, <laughs> Julia Bluebird.
3: Uh, uh, let's see, so, um in one of your past interviews, you mentioned that you love magic. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I know that you can't show us a magic trick right now, but can you explain to us your favorite magic trick?
2: My favorite magic trick. Nice. <laughs> cool. nice. Favorite magic trick of all time? Um, well, I like close-up magic because it's like, you know, the most kind of in front of you in your in your you know, in your bubble. Um I like uh card tricks. And sleight of hand kind of stuff, some mentalism. Um, to read your mind. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh Okay. Fifty fifty two cards in a deck, right? Yep. Think of one. Just see it in your mind. Okay. Got it. Yep. Okay. Is it a red card? No. No, it's not. It's a spade. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Is it a face card?
3: Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Is it the Jack of Spades?
3: No.
1: <laughs> Is this the part of the show we're asked to cut? Or... <laughs>
2: Is it the Queen of Spades? No, King of Spades. No,
3: Ace of Spades. Yes.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's not bad. One out of four. That's that pretty.
2: Was,
0: that
1: was pretty good. <laughs> you'd win twenty. Right. To cut one all the other parts, but Ace of Spades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, if you'd gotten that on the first try, it would have helped the whole lightning round part of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, well, Rob.
2: You know, um, maybe oh. it's the, uh, it's the beer. Yeah. Okay. That's it is. It's Barely. throwing me off. My it's equilibrium is off. <laughs> Ace of spades, Julia, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's <what's>
4: great? <laughs> I could edit that. Like that.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Wow. Well, so edit it in, and then we'll do a making of. That's yeah. right. <laughs> there you go. It'll yeah, yeah, be mate. perfect. Um, I'm always interested in early educational influences, and you've mentioned that your father is an artist. You mm-hmm. mentioned a little bit about growing up. And so I'm, I'm kind of wondering, um, what was the first instrument that you started playing with? And was it a self-propelled uh, exploration of that instrument or did you take lessons and so on and then what was kind of your early process there
2: first instrument i started playing with well uh it was a piano um it was a baby grand piano um and i played it very poorly <laughs> <laughs> um took a few lessons learned some scales some chords. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. <laughs> nice. Plunked around on it. I'm a plunker. I'm not really <laughs> I'm definitely not a, uh, a virtuoso on any instrument. I just kind of, you know, know enough. But that's how I like it. I don't like knowing too much. You
1: you, you seem to have fooled them pretty well, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the best songs in the world are very simple.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Piano man. That's pretty simple.
2: Piano man. Well, I mean, Billy Joel can also well, rip on a keyboard. That's true. Yeah. Uh, all
1: right. Uh, my final question of the, the episode is when you have toured or when you're on the road, and anyway, what is the thing that when it all just gets to you, you have to stop and do in order to ground yourself, whether it's go get pizza or call your mom or do laundry or something that just makes you feel. Like a person again,
2: uh, a nap, <laughs> yeah. good fifteen minute nap is always good. Um, a uh, couple sun salutations, um, a bath <laughs> is nice. Yeah, yeah, pretty simple. Bubble bath. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm into I'm into a, a bubble bath. Sure. All, All right. right. <laughs> with a with a nice, uh, just put on some some music. Do every you own bubble bath. Read a book. Light some candles.
5: Ooh.
1: Who do you put on when you listen to music in your bubble bath?
2: Um. Well. <laughs> some Julie London. Um. I don't know. Uh. Something. Something jazzy and provocative. Perfect. Mm-hmm.
1: And on that note, <laughs> ladies how, how, uh, what would you like to plug or how can people connect with you or follow what you do?
2: Uh, let's see. If you want to connect with me, um, I am on the interwebs. Uh, Borns Music is my handle mm-hmm. on pretty much everything Snapchat, Instagram, Great. Twitter, Facebook. Bornsmusic.com. <laughs>
1: All right, well, everybody, please uh, make sure to follow uh, Borns Music and go to BornsMusic.com and uh, follow this really very cool cat. Oh, thanks, man. And um, uh, Garrett Borns, a.k.a. Borns. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the show. It was a real pleasure to have you. And uh, we will look forward to following your career as it clearly goes upward. Uh, So uh, that's the end of the show, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. So for Rob Sanchez. Good night, y'all. And Julia McAllister. Good (laughs) night. I'm Mark Rako. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a great day.
0: This has been Fashion is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.